What's up, Sean? So we are going to be talking about uh, something in this segment and uh, just want to introduce everybody to my friend, Sean. Uh, don't want to say your last name because I don't want to goof it up too much, but uh, do you want to give our listeners um, your last name? <laughs> um, sure thing. My name is Sean CK, just like the comedian, Louis CK. We got the same name, but I go by baseball guy, Sean, on YouTube. So usually for recordings, uh, I usually go by baseball guy, Sean. Okay, cool. Yeah, Sean is a very good analyst in, in baseball. I watch a lot of his videos. But uh, today we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're not going to talk about baseball right now. Um, I've been talking about baseball for a while. It just kind of a, It's been kind of bipolar. I've been all over the place with topics that I talk about on this show. But we're going to be talking about um, online dating. And our opinion on online dating, and should you use any dating platform at all? Um, so, I'll give my thoughts after uh, Sean gives his thoughts. Well, so what do you think, Sean, about online dating? You know, I think it's one of those things that it has its benefits. Like, I think it can be good because obviously there have been people that have met like their significant other on an app or on a website. So yeah, it does have some success, but at the same time, it does have its drawbacks and its issues. Um, and for me, I think the biggest issue that I have with it is the fact that a lot of these websites have these algorithms where they essentially are more in the business of just keeping you on the app. They're not really there to help you find somebody like it's just, it's crazy to me, like how these sites essentially they want you to pay. I think that's what it is. So they'll give you more visibility if you pay and um, they'll kind of just, if you have a free account, you'll kind of get, I guess, deprioritized, so to speak. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of feel like the same way. I think that, a lot of these apps, they, they hide behind a lot of unfair algorithms. And when I talk about algorithms, what I mean is that basically on Tinder, you have an ELO score. And basically an ELO score is a score that they give you on the basis of how many times people swipe right on you. So if your ELO score is low, your visibility on the app is just going to diminish over time and it's it's going to get to a point where you're going to find yourself on the app you're not going to be getting any messages any matches at all forget messages you're not going to get any engagement at all on these apps and um you know what do you think it is sean though that people struggle with these apps the most like is is it their bios is it their pictures why do you think so many people struggle with online dating so I'm going to just algorithms. So I'm going to just say this right now. I don't think anyone reads anyone's bio on Tinder. I think the bio is almost just like a way to show that you're real or not, but it's like you feel better when someone writes something, but in reality you're not going to read any of it. You're just looking to see if there is a bio. So personally, I don't think bios are that important. Pictures, yeah, I think are important in a way, but one of the issues that I really have with, uh, with these apps is that I'm not a fan of the whole swipe left and swipe right. It 
ultimately you end up getting too much choice. And, you know, obviously it's good to have options, but I've always had a belief that sometimes there can, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. And when you have too much of a good thing, it becomes a bad thing. And I think a lot of people struggle with these apps because they're so, their brains are so overwhelmed by having all these options that I'm not, not that the term settling is necessarily the right word. I don't know if that's the right word to put it, but like, people will oftentimes wonder what else is out there. Like if they could find anything better. And that's where I say like having too much option is like too much of a good thing. It's too much of a good thing. You ever go to a restaurant and there's like a million items on the menu and a lot of them sound good. And now you don't know what you want to eat because it's like, it's too much choice. Right. I think that that happens with these apps. It's like, when you have too many options, you tend to second guess your choice. And, and sometimes that's a mistake because you end up missing out on something that could be really good because you think maybe there's something better. It's like passing up the surefire good prize for the mystery box. And sometimes the mystery box sucks. Right. And uh, yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. I mean, um, I'm not a fan of the swipe right, swipe left type thing because of the algorithms that Tinder has implemented. It's just an unfair um, algorithm that they have implemented. Some of the algorithms on Instagram kind of make sense, but, you know, on dating apps, it just gives people like, you know, major problems, major issues. Um, you know, because like, let's be honest, Sean, like, you see a very pretty attractive girl on on Tinder. You know how many messages they're probably getting? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like your chances of them reading your message that you send is very, very low. And I hate to say it, but that's just the truth, right? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, because they have a million options and it's let's be real. It's hard to go through an inbox that's full and read everything. Like you kind of just have to cherry pick. That's why women I think are so much more selective than guys on, on these apps is because they're overwhelmed with options. And it's like, you know, you can't read all of that. So I get why women are a lot more selective on these apps. It's not their fault. I think it's just the, the way the app is and the way guys are, you know, how guys are like, Let's yep. be real. There's a lot of simps out there. Yeah, yeah that that is an interesting take. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely don't like really uh, disagree with that. I think that um, it's not their fault. It, it's really the app developers' fault. And also, I want to say that uh, Tinder was not always like this. Um, when it first started, app before the algorithms that they started introducing. I mean, it was the same Tinder that. It was same like swipe left, swipe right, but they your ability would not be bad platform when they first started off uh, because there was no ELO score. Um, and like I was reading an article, and in order for you to break away from the these like algorithms or ELO score or to reset, basically to reset your score, somebody had said this, and I'm not 
too sure. I kind of a little bit question this, but they said basically you have to get a new phone, right? And you have to move, and you basically have to like revamp your entire like profile, like your pictures and everything, to the point where Tinder doesn't recognize you as like the same person. Yeah, because they basically they store your data. So they have your pictures, your name, your email, your IP address, your phone number. You have to basically get all new everything in order to reset the ELO score. And, you know, another point that I want to make that is kind of related to these apps and the, the way that Tinder sets it up is what I don't like is that, you know, Tinder was the first one to do the swiping thing, right? And that's yeah. fine. You know, I don't necessarily, I'm not saying that the swiping thing should go away. I know I kind of criticized it earlier, but what I don't like is that every other website or app has basically copied Tinder with the swiping. And there's not many like alternatives out there. Like back in the day, I remember OkCupid used to be where you could search for people and you could like and message. Now it's all swiping. And you know, you can send a message before you match with someone, but the days I believe where you could search for a profile, I don't know. Maybe they changed it back, but the last time that I was on there, they had completely changed it to swiping. And it's like, me personally, I'd rather go through profiles and, you know, just pick through the ones that I like than do the swiping. Right. Because, like, if you see someone that you really are interested in, you can shoot your shot, so to speak, and send the message. And I think that's pretty cool. You know, like you don't get that opportunity with Tinder. It's all about just looks, you know, if the girl finds you a track, like you can't win her over. And that's why, you know, whenever we've had private conversations, I've always said the much better way to meet women is just meet them in person. Yeah. Right. I, I kind of wanted to touch on that. And, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, but I think that a lot of people would have better luck going out in the real world and and meeting somebody in in a casual way, like maybe at Starbucks or, um, I don't know, like there's, there's different parts of like where you live that you can meet a woman in a casual way. You know, coffee shops are perfect in my opinion. Yeah, I think coffee shops are good because they're very, like, chill, very casual. Usually you don't go to a coffee shop with your friends. You usually go by yourself to just have some coffee and relax. So it's a, it's a definitely a good place to meet new people um, is the coffee shop. Just get a good, nice cup of coffee. You can chill out there, maybe get a couple things done. Um, there's so many, like, just good options when it comes to that, like, a coffee shop, you know? I, I like that a lot actually. Yeah, coffee shops, excellent. Now I'm I'm a little I'm a bit shy, so like I said coffee shops, but there's way more places than a coffee shop. Um but uh but yeah I think it's a good start and um yeah uh, like back on OKCupid they did implement the right swipe right swipe uh, left type thing. That's what it is now. So it's it's virtually Tinder. That's what I don't like, though, is everything is turning into twin. Uh, I was going to call it uh, Twitter for a minute, but uh, everything's turning into Tinder. 
And it's just, it's stupid because it's like, where is the app developers who are trying to be innovative in the way that they think, you know? But then again, there's really nothing to bring to the table when it comes to online dating, though, anymore. There's really nothing new. No, I mean, everything has kind of been done before. Uh, you know, and, and the thing is, is that everyone, I think, that uses it is usually on Tinder nowadays. Like, I feel like one thing that has happened is that when, when Tinder started, I definitely believe it was more of a hookup type of app. But nowadays, I think Tinder is kind of a little bit of everything. You know, you do have some people that just want to hook up. But you do have people on Tinder that are looking for a relationship because it's like now it's it, there's nothing different about, say, OkCupid than there is about Tinder. They're essentially the same thing now. So it's like, well, what's the difference? They both involve swiping. Just just go on one app. Why do you need to be on two apps? Just go on one right. and just make it Tinder because more, you know, more people are on Tinder than they are on OkCupid. So. You're just better off just on, on, on Tinder, I think. So, like, I feel like Tinder has just become, like, another social network the way Facebook and Instagram is, where it's, like, you know how, like, a lot of people are on Instagram? Like, the majority of, I guess, people our age are on Instagram. I feel like the majority of people that are single that are our age are on Tinder. Right. Yeah, and there, there's other apps like uh, Bumble and, and Hinge. But the thing about Bumble is, like, I feel like if you go on Bumble, it's a, like, I really like Bumble. Like, on paper, it's got a lot of good stuff. Um, and, and some women think that Bumble is, is kind of sexist, but whatever, <laughs> you know. But I like Bumble. In the beginning, I really like Bumble, but I think that there is a lot of ghosting that can happen on Bumble as well. Um and that's the thing, like half of the girls on there, like you can match with a girl and a lot of the times they just won't say anything to you because they're so used to you actually saying something first, you know? Yeah, agreed. I feel like if you notice on Bumble, what I, what, you know, because if, if you're not familiar with Bumble, basically it's an app where it's kind of swipe left, swipe right, but the woman has to message the guy. I think that what a lot of women will do on Bumble is they'll leave like their Instagram and they'll leave it on the guy to like head her up on Instagram, um, which going, you know, speaking of Instagram, I personally will say that if you think about it, Instagram is actually probably, you're probably better off on Instagram than you are on some of these apps. Right. Cause at least you, that's could, a good point. You could, shoot your shot you can message the girl you know what i mean on instagram um i feel like instagram's a little bit more of a a viable option than some of these apps like i personally would rather just use instagram than tinder well i'll tell you what like i've met some pretty cool girls on on youtube like just talking with them over the years and um they've been some of the coolest people i've ever met YouTube, Instagram, like, so, like, that's not a bad idea. And I think that, that Hinge is kind of the same thing. Like, it's just, like, Hinge's big problem, though, is that there's not enough people on the app. I agree there, because I, 
I've actually I've used that app before, and I've actually once went out with a woman on that app. Um, and I like the the layout. I actually really like the layout. The only issue that I have with it is, you know, there's not enough people on there. Number one, that's the big one. There's not just not many people use it, and uh, I'm seeing more ads for it. So it looks like they're trying to reach out more. You know, and they definitely want to have that reputation of like, you know, like more of like a relationship type app than like a, a, a hookup app. Because Tinder will always kind of have that history that it was initially more of a hookup app. So right. I get why, you know, where they're coming from trying to be an alternative. Um, the only thing about Hinge is that it kind of does the like and dislike thing. It's It's not swiping per se, but like, I think it's like, they show you a profile and then you like it. The cool thing is that you can actually like leave a comment or a message. I think that's kind of neat, but um, I just think their issue is just having more of, they need more visibility and more people on there because it's like, I don't know. I, but then again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to not have so many people on there because you know, how I said with Tinder and with these others is having too many options is a bad thing. With right. Hinge, you don't have as many options. And, you know, when there's so many people in the world and so many people in your, in my city, in New York, there's plenty, um, you kind of get overwhelmed. You do get overwhelmed by having so many choices. And it's like, you know, I've always kind of believed that there's no one perfect person for someone, but there are always, but there's a lot of good matches for people, if that makes any sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, I've never necessarily believed that people just have one soulmate, but that people have multiple options that would be good fits for them. You know, there's, I don't believe there's any such thing as the one perfect person because nobody's perfect. Yeah. That's another thing I want to say is um, when you're on these apps, like, don't like try to look for, the one person because nine times out of 10, that first date that you go on, the person is not going to be right for you. You know? Yep. Agreed. A lot of times people go on dates and you know, it's just one time and that's it. You never, uh, you never talk to them again. You never speak to them again. And it kind of just is like, you know, they're, they're just not um, how you say they're just not a good fit, so you move on. And, and that's understandable. That's going to happen. You know, a lot of life is trial and error. I really have always believed that in everything, in, in dating, in work, and in, in just everyday life. You're always going to have instances where things just don't work out or you just, you know, make mistakes. Life is pretty much life until you pass away every day is trial and error in some way. Yeah. Right. I I just, uh, I wrote a blog post recently. Uh, I said, uh, you know, just pretty much never, uh, stop trying to improve yourself, you know, cause that's, that's another thing. I feel like a lot of people, they, they go on these apps when they're really not ready for like a real relationship. They just go on these apps because they're lonely and their priorities are not straight and they just don't 
have everything together. And, and by no means do you have to have everything together. You don't have to be a perfect person, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like a lot of people think that they're ready to invest in, in a relationship and they're not like, you know, they'll think, Oh, I, I really want to be with someone, but it's the reality is they're just lonely. And, you know, I understand that, but I also think that it's it's good to always try to improve yourself because I feel like when you are trying to improve yourself, your self-esteem goes up and sometimes you end up meeting that person on the way up through, you know, maybe through your job or through going to school. Like, I'm going to say it right now. You were talking about good places to meet uh, women. I think the best place to meet women out of every like setting you could think of coffee shops, grocery stores, churches, uh, like sports teams, athletics, blah, blah, blah. I've always said the best place you can meet a woman is probably in, in college or in university. Yep. That's because true. the one thing about it is everyone's in a congregate setting and you're forced to meet new people. You have to. Like, there's no, you, there's no going in there and being closed off. You are forced to meet new people. Every time you take a new class, you're meeting a whole group of new people. And it's different than high school because there's a lot more people and everyone's an adult and has, like, kind of formed their personalities. And, you know, the experience is is a lot of it is meeting new people and, and there's already an icebreaker. Like when you're meeting someone in a coffee shop, you have to think of an icebreaker. When you're in school, you have an icebreaker. You both go to that school. You can find something to talk about, talk about one of your classes or, you know, your program of study, or even better. If you're in the same class, you can kind of just, ask some you know ask a woman like hey do you want to uh meet up for coffee maybe we could talk about that class and you know obviously you don't have to talk about the class <laughs> like it's funny it's exactly. like anytime someone like if a woman asks you to study you're she's she doesn't want to study it's not to study it's for everything but studying <laughs> right <laughs> exactly yeah that's a good point um uh what was i gonna say also like not everybody's photogenic and like on these apps, like you basically have to have like the perfect set of pictures, you know, and in person, it's a whole different ballgame. You might be just a person who presents themselves in just a better way in person. Like there's tons of people who just look better in person, you know, and uh, and it's just it opens up a lot in person. It just does um, opposed to depending on these apps. Because for one, I didn't talk about this, but there's a lot of scams on these apps. There's a lot of people who are bots. Um, you know, there's a lot of catfishing. There's there's just a lot of like crazy things that happen on these apps, and uh, it's just way way better to just do it in person. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, another problem that the apps have is that it's all texting and. Um... Yeah. One of the issues with that is that I know now some of them have like the option to video chat. They've added that uh, in recent years. But one thing that doesn't come across 
is your body language. Like body language and how you carry yourself are so important in attracting a woman. You can't do that virtually. And a lot of times it, it, it's based on how you write. Like, you know, some people are, are really good at communicating in person, but on a text message, they, they don't carry themselves that same way. It's hard to read body language, read a person's emotion, how they express themselves over just text. So that's another element that the online dating doesn't capture that in-person dating or not really dating, but meeting someone in person does capture. And that's another thing. When you're on the apps, there's a pressure inherently because you're on there to try to meet someone for, you know, for dating, relationships, whatever. When you're meeting someone in person, there's not that expectation. It's just a conversation. Yep. Excellent point. I just, I think that a lot of these apps, they just suffer from the same thing. Um, if it's not, you know, women just getting overwhelmed with messages and they don't see your message, then it's uh, catfishing or, or fake profiles. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a bunch of problems when you just depend with online dating. And um, yeah, I just think that when you're in person, the other person just sees a true representation of who you are and you don't have to hide behind a keyboard and you can express yourself in a better way because not everybody just expresses themselves in the best way when they're typing. Like not everybody has like the best grammar. Not everybody, you know, is good at expressing themselves with a keyboard, you know? So that's a good point, Sean. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a different world when you're in person. It, it just is. Um, when you're on a text message or sending someone, you know, um, you know, a, a text or an email or whatever, um, it's just so much different. Some people don't have the best grammar. Some people maybe don't express emotion in the right way. Like, you know, some people will use a lot of emojis. Some some don't. Uh, and that doesn't capture how somebody is in person or how they show emotion because it's just words on a screen. So that's one of the other issues, uh, one of the drawbacks of online dating. I, I feel like the, the one pro of it, though, is if you live somewhere, like let's say you live in a rural area where there's not a lot of people around you, there's maybe not many bars out there or just places to meet new people, then I think that the internet and the apps are wonderful. I really do. Like, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that people should never use these apps. I just, my belief on these apps isn't never use them. It's don't make them your primary way of meeting new people. And one of the, ways that I think someone should go about the app is you shouldn't set, if you're in a metropolitan area, like a city where there's enough people, you don't need to set your mile, your mile radius to 25 miles. I just don't believe you have to set it that high. I think that's the, if I'm not mistaken, that's the generic 
It starts you at twenty, or does it start you at fifty miles? What what does it start you at? You know, that's a good question. It's uh, I recently kind of like went on my phone and, and deleted every single dating app known to mankind, but I for where they start you off. And I feel like that both of those mileages are probably too many. Like 25 miles in New York, maybe, but that's going to give you a lot of options. But like, you don't need 50. You really don't. You don't need 50 no. miles if you're in a major city. You may not even need 25 in a major city. Like 25, I think, is probably the absolute maximum. But like, if you live in, say, midtown Manhattan, you probably could just have five miles and you'll have plenty of options. Maybe if you Absolutely. live in like the Bronx or Queens, maybe you set it to 10, but that's, that's really all you have to do. in in my city, I, I can't really speak for other cities because I understand the geography is different. Some places are more car centric. Like I know you're in uh you're in like the Springfield area you're not in springfield but you're you're like in like a couple towns away from springfield for example like yeah it's it's basically uh long meadow but it's east long meadow so uh so yeah it's it's uh it's kind of one of those places where you probably have to set your radius a little bit higher yeah like in your case you live in a suburb you might want to include long meadow and you might even want to include parts of Springfield or maybe a surrounding town over because, you know, there's not like a ton of people that live in East Longmeadow. So I can definitely like in your situation, if you were going to go on an app like this or on these apps, like I would say probably 10 miles is, is probably too little. You might want to expand it 15, 20 miles. And in that case, there's not as much traffic. Everybody drives, you know, 15 miles in a suburb is like a 15, 20 minute drive. No problem. But in a, a major metropolitan city where you have traffic and, and just a lot of people that ends up being longer, or you end up riding the trains, you know, 20 miles on, on the subway is probably like over an hour. And, you know, yeah, you don't really need to go that far in a city, but I feel like there's no one right way of going about it for how many miles you set your your radius to. It really depends on your geography. Exactly, because radius can play a big role in this, because if you live in an area like me and you're setting your radius to 5 to 10 miles, like basically I can tell you up front, it doesn't matter how good your profile is, you probably won't get a lot of matches if you're doing that. No, no. And and then, then there's the flip side to that, where not getting a lot of matches is not the worst thing in the world because it makes you choose. It makes you... Right. It makes you have to decide. When you get, for example, five matches or ten matches, you kind of have to pick between five or ten as opposed to getting a hundred matches and now you're just overwhelmed because now you have so many different options and you just don't really have the time to give anyone a chance. And that's where it comes in the whole thing of too much of a good thing. So there's definitely like kind of a sweet middle where it's like, 
you don't want to have so little options, but you also don't want to be overwhelmed. I think having, being able to get, because remember, like, matching doesn't mean anything. Like, that's another thing with these apps. Just because you match with someone doesn't mean that you're ever going to meet them. Chances are you're not going to meet that person. The odds are automatically against it because of ghosting, just because of the fact that sometimes people accidentally swipe right and it's a, you know, it was a mistake. Sometimes you have a conversation and it just fizzles out because you're not a match. And there's so many variables that come into factor before actually meeting someone. Like, I I just think that this is why I say that these apps should not be your primary source. They should be like a backup source. Like if you don't meet someone in person, you have the apps. You should always, in my opinion, if you meet someone in person, prioritize the the person that you met or the people that you're meeting in person over people on the app because you know them, you're familiar with them. Go with what you know. Don't go with the, the total, don't pick the mystery box because you might just get burned on that mystery box. I'd rather be safe when it comes to this. Cause it's like, if it doesn't work out with people that you meet in person, then okay, go for the mystery box. But you know, I, I just think in terms of dating the mystery box, a lot of times doesn't make a lot of sense, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yep. There, there's tons of variables. There's just, I feel like that there's a lot of people who go on these apps and they're just playing games, like straight up. They're just trying to boost their egos. Um, I actually, you want to hear a funny story? I actually was on this app one time and this girl hits me up and she's like, hey, can I talk to you about um, my ex just dumping me? I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, man, like, it's just another reason, like why these apps are just stupid. It's like you said, like, Half of the time, like, if you get a match, don't get too excited because it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that you're going to meet that person. Not at all. Nine times out of ten, it's like you said. They they swiped on you accidentally. Yep. I mean, that's just, that's just the fact is that, like, a lot of people get excited when they match with someone. But the matching is just like the first step of the process. There's so much more that goes into it than just, you know, the match. It's it's just so many other things that can happen before you actually get to that first date that it's just like, yeah, okay, you you matched with somebody you that you find hot, but it's like, all right, so what? <laughs> Chances are you're not going to ever see that woman. So um, don't get too excited. I think Sometimes people make that mistake. They get too excited and it's like, just chill out, have a conversation, see where it goes. Don't put any of this like bizarro pressure on, on yourself because well, the chances are, yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. Just go with the flow and talk and, and see what happens. You know, I, I think that that's another thing there's with the apps, there's that bizarro pressure of, yep. you think that like, you match with someone that that's going to be like your girlfriend or your wife. And I was like, yeah, probably not. You're probably not even going to meet her. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's like another thing that I want to say is, you know, I think it's excellent advice. And um, 
you know, don't be too chill though, because like, I know from like my, like things that have happened with me, like sometimes when I'm too chill and just trying to like, you know, chat it up with a chick, I chatted up with that chick for too long and I don't take the initiative of, of asking her out quick enough because these women on these apps, let's face it, they have a lot of options. And if you don't take that initiative and, and ask them out, your chance is gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's 100%. another thing that I want to make here. I yep. entirely agree. I think that the, the Tinder messages or whatever app you like to use, you should just keep it brief. Like, you should keep it brief and you should just kind of get in, have a little conversation for maybe a few messages and maybe and no more than a couple of days. Like, I think it should be maybe a day or two. And then after like, you know, after like maybe one or two days, like, I don't think you should, the well, I wouldn't say the same day, but like, I guess you could on the same day, like ask the girl out, but it's like, you should definitely have it just be a few messages, like a little back and forth. And then you say something along the lines of, you know, Hey, I'd like to talk, but I'd like to talk more, but you know, I got something to do. Like you could have nothing to do. Just pretend you do. Nobody knows. Um, you can't verify. So like, just kind of end it with saying something like, Hey, it's been nice talking to you, but I got something to do right now. I kind of got to go, but let's continue this conversation in person. Let's meet up on Thursday at six o'clock at the local coffee shop, you know, something like that, right. you know, like kind of say like, Oh, you know, I'm, I got to get going, but let's, let's continue in person. Like some kind of like gateway to that, like, that kind of a segue to where it's like, Hey, I'm enjoying the conversation, but let's continue it in person. And then, you know, you could text them on the app for like, you know, to confirm or whatever the details, obviously, but you know, you then shift the conversation in person. Cause it's like, I feel like when you talk to someone online continuously for days or even weeks on end, then you just essentially are a pen pal. And that's all yeah. the girl's going to, cause the girl's going to be like, what the, like, why I almost slipped up, but uh, you know, it's just gonna be like, you know, what the heck? Why isn't this guy asking me out? Like, she's gonna wonder, and then she might just think, oh, he must not be into me. Like, that's gonna be the thought that comes into mind, and then she's gonna move on to somebody else. So, try to keep exactly. it really, try to keep that aspect of it short, you know, a few messages, and then either that night or the next day, I personally would say the next day or, you know, a few hours later, then be like, Hey, it's been cool talking. Let's continue this in person, you know, and just be like, you know, you want to meet up at this coffee shop. And because you're meeting someone online now, this is a, this is a me thing. This is the way I go about it. I never plan anything that's like extravagant with someone that I've never met in person that I'm just meeting online, I keep it at coffee. And maybe if it's the summertime, maybe ice cream, something very casual or like a walk in the park. I would, and not even that, yep. but like, it's gotta be like really casual. Um, and in a public spot, you don't want to meet anyone like in private. Like for example, to me, if like, let's say, 
a woman says, come to my house and we've never met in person, the first thing that's going to come to my mind is this is a scam and I'm about to get robbed. So yeah, I would never go that route. Um, you know, if you're, yeah, that's another point that uh one of the youtubers made that i watch is uh this chick invited and i hate to interrupt but uh he was uh saying in his video that um basically he was talking with this girl they were chatting it up for a little bit and the girl invited him back to her place and he just felt like yo like this is this is weird this is really shady and i agreed with him i'm like unless it's like a hookup it, it is really weird you know you want to meet somebody out in public, you know? And even if it is a hookup, bro, like the way I look at it is that so normally with a regular hookup, right? Just a regular, you meet a girl at a bar or wherever, right? You've already met her in person. That physical barrier is has been broken. When you're meeting a girl online, there is no, the barrier is not broken. So for me to go from talking to, you know, like a screen on my phone, I'm holding my phone, uh, just visualize me holding the phone Yeah. to go from seeing an image of a woman on the phone to then going to her house is like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't trust it. I, I think it's, it's kind of like suspect. I'm sure people have done it. I really am sure that people have done it and that, um, you know, they've been fine, but I've also heard enough stories to where people have not been okay that I just think it's way too risky. I would just much rather, you know, yeah, if you are going for a hookup, there's not nothing necessarily wrong with doing that. If you want to do that, go ahead. But I would at the very least meet up at like a coffee shop and maybe from there, if you want to like, if let's say the date's going good and things, you know, escalate and you want to uh, maybe invite her back to your place or she invites you to her place, I don't think there's any issue with that. But it's it's going from talking on the phone in a text to someone's house. I just don't think that's a good idea at all. I think you might have gotten away with it. Don't get me wrong. But there's people that play with fire that don't get burned. It doesn't mean that playing with fire isn't going to get you burned. Just because some people right. have done it and succeeded. Absolutely. I, I agree. Um, I think it's a big no-no. It's, it's very dangerous because nine times out of the ten, it's a scam. You know? A lot of scammers, like, do that. Yup. And that means you're about to get robbed. You're going to get robbed. Yep. And there, and why do it at someone's house? Because there's no witness. You walk in the house. Someone, you see it's a dude. You're about to leave. Someone's probably like right behind you. And they corner you in. You're in the house. Now you're getting jumped. And there's nobody there. There's no witnesses. They whoop. They beat you up and take your money. And... You know, now you just got robbed rather than like, <laughs> you know, you thought you were going to get laid. You got robbed. You No, you thought you were going to get laid, but you got laid out. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's a good way of putting it. And and another thing, um, I know we were talking about this uh, before. Uh, 
you know, another point that I want to make is like, you know, I agree with the casual dating stuff, taking a girl to the coffee shop opposed to somewhere like really nice, like upscaled, because you take her to that really nice upscaled place, like a nice Italian restaurant that's like five stars or whatever. And then it doesn't work out. You know, that place could be a place that you don't like anymore because you have bad memories with that girl there. <laughs> you know, it pretty much scars you, you know, so keep it casual, you know, coffee shop, somewhere real casual, I think is the best bet. I agree. I really think that that's um, 100% a good way of looking at it. I also just think that the reason that you keep it super casual is that because you're not meeting a woman in person on the app, step one gets skipped and you're going to step two. I always believe you should still have the step one of just meeting someone in person because it's such a different vibe. And when you're going to get coffee, you know, you're only spending a couple bucks. Even if you buy her the coffee, coffee is usually like even at its most expensive Starbucks is what? $5 a cup. And that's like more like at its higher end, right? You get a large, it's five bucks, right? So you spent $10 on your coffee and her coffee, you know, $10 and it doesn't work out is not a big loss. It really isn't. Okay. I spent 10 bucks. It's It's whatever. I got to drink a coffee, whatever. Who who cares? But let's say you go to an, like a high end Italian restaurant, like, the spot around uh, in the city that I like to go to is uh, Mimi's. That's like my favorite Italian spot. Food at Mimi's is not cheap. It's, I believe like the cheapest entree is like $20. And if you get like a drink or an appetizer, easily you just spent 30 bucks. And if, yep. if the woman is hungry that night and she's like, you know, let's say you treat her and you bought her an appetizer and a meal. And then you, of course you buy yourself the same thing. And now you just paid $60 on a meal for a date that's bad. Crap, I just spent 60 bucks for someone that I didn't really like. And now it's like, damn, I could have spent that money on anything else. Like $60, I could get myself a, um, a ticket to like a Rangers game for that price. Or I could sit front row at the Devil's Arena, you know? Um, for the $60 or I could have bought a video game or just, these are just things that I like, or I could have done a lot of things with 60 bucks. Instead, I just wasted $60 on a girl that I didn't even like, as opposed to 10 bucks, 10 bucks. And that's the high end. That's the high end. It's probably less than $10. You know, you spend six, seven, $8, whatever. Or if you split it three to five bucks whatever i met a new person it didn't work out who cares i got to enjoy a cup of coffee yeah exactly um because uh i remember this one time i i took this girl out to uh villa napolitano it's called it's a five-star italian restaurant it's pretty much the same as the italian restaurant that you mentioned pretty much like you know like the most expensive thing on the menu like it really varies. It's like anywhere from like 30 something dollars to like 20, like probably the cheapest thing is like 18. You know, it's pretty high. There's stuff that is even higher than that, but yeah, I, I totally agree, man. I think that everybody should keep it casual on the first date. You know, it doesn't make sense to start off 
the first date going somewhere like that. 100%, man, because it's just, you don't, especially online, especially when it's online, because when it's online, you're basically talking about somebody that you've never met in person. There's no reason to exceed like 10 bucks on that date. Like it's different. Maybe like if I, I think you're, you said you're, you're in school now. Um, yep. I'm going back to school. So it, it's different. in like, let's say for you and I, right. We meet someone at school, you know, the girl, like you've talked to her a few times and you finally ask her out. And I, and even this case, I wouldn't recommend like a five-star Italian spot if it's the first time. But maybe in this case, you pick somewhere a little bit more like casual. Well, since we don't have a ton of money, if you really want to impress her and, and do something nice, like if you're in college, you could do something pretty casual. Like, let's say, I don't know, uh, Outback or something or Applebee's or IHOP. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to yeah, be totally. high end. Um, That's like my ideal thing because again you don't want to spend too much money for someone that you've never really gone out with so i wouldn't do this for tinder for the first time but for in person the first time even that i wouldn't recommend like anything more than like a casual type of spot or let's say you don't want to do one of the chains you could do like maybe a local diner or something you know what i mean yep um i'm sure pretty much in every town you can find any city town there's good diners out there um you know something like that that's always been my way of looking at it because you know let's be real dating is expensive um and i feel like if you're gonna spend 30 bucks on a plate of food it should be with like your girlfriend or someone that you really like that you've met that you've gone out with a few times yep Because I, I feel like a first date can't tell you everything you need to know about a person, you know, and why, you know, invest that much money in a person you barely know. I you know? agree 100%. That's why, like, I would keep it at coffee, keep it at, even if it's someone that I meet in person, it stays at coffee and ice cream the first time because I'm trying to just get, like, trying to get to know the, the woman. One date that I always never have understood and i'm not a fan of this at all for the first date a movie or a concert i'm not a fan of either idea just because you're focused on the movie you're focused on the show that's two three hours that you are not talking to that person and the very first date literally the only thing that you you and the woman should be doing is talking that's what you should be doing is getting to know each other because that's what's going to decide, Hey, do I want to keep seeing this person or do I move on? Yep. You know, one thing a lot of people do is they, they meet people at parties, but it's like, that's a big no, no for me too, for me. Um, because like parties, like you can meet like some psychos, let's be honest. Parties tend to be better if you're just trying to hook up. Like I think, Parties are fine if you just want to get laid and you just want to hook up. That's fine. If you're looking for a real real relationship, like girlfriend or whatever, parties are usually not the best spot. Hey, look, it can happen. You can meet like 
your future wife at a party. Sure, it it does happen, but I yeah. just my attitude is I wouldn't expect it to happen. Like, I mean, sometimes people meet their their wives through a hookup. Like sometimes it does start out as a hookup. That has happened before too, but yeah. It's one of those things where in those situations I just would keep my expectations tempered, you know. I would I would temper the expectation and just you know, you're you're just going there to have a good time. You know, I, I think it's great to talk to women. So you never know. You might get lucky that night. And if you do, that's awesome. It's great. But um I don't think you should necessarily be looking for that at a party. You should just be going there to have fun. Yeah, and uh, another issue that I wanted to talk about as well is uh, dating coaches. And um, what do you think about that? Do you think people should really invest their money in like a date coach or anything like that? Oh, man, I don't know. Um, I really don't know. That's a tough question because I am I'm familiar with dating coaches. I've never used one before. I've seen some of them on YouTube like they do. My opinion is... I don't know if you need dating coaches anymore, like the old fashioned way where you paid somebody. Like, I think that if you're going to pursue that career, and I don't think there's anything wrong with being a dating coach, by the way, I'm not knocking the practice, but I, yeah. I just believe that with YouTube nowadays, you can, you can get all of this type of advice for free. And, you know, if you're yeah. a creator, you don't have to necessarily do the whole consultation thing like yes you could charge for a consultation to talk to people and have like a patreon you know what i'm saying you can do that i i I think that's fine but i also think that you don't necessarily have to do it like you can learn a lot of this stuff on youtube by just watching videos um but then again i don't necessarily think everyone needs to do that because dating and relationships and getting together with a woman is kind of in our human biological DNA. There was a time that like this stuff didn't exist and you just did what, you know, whatever was comfortable you learn by doing. So I also think that sometimes the best coaching that you can get is just going out there and trying yourself and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Um, you know, right. One thing's for sure, like, I think a lot of people have to realize that when you are going out and dating is that you can't have the fear of being rejected because if you have that fear, you're not going to get anywhere because everyone gets rejected. Even the best looking guys with amazing careers get rejected. Like, I think it's just foolish to think that, say, Brad Pitt has never been rejected in his life. Of course he has. Um, right. and I'm sure he has, even when he's been famous, been rejected, like, right. It's not like, it's just, Oh, I make a million dollars and I'm a famous celebrity and I'm never going to get rejected. Doesn't work like that. Everyone gets rejected. It doesn't make you like, it doesn't make you undesirable or unattainable. All it really says, like, this is, this is literally all being rejected is is you weren't a right fit for that woman and your results with that woman have nothing to do with the results of any other woman like they have 
there is no correlation between what one what eh, what one woman thinks about you versus what every single other woman on this planet thinks about you. There there is no relationship, no correlation between the two at all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a very good point. Um, I pretty much feel the same way about life coaches. I, I'm not trying to knock them. Uh, ask me like about a year ago, I'd call them all a scam, but I'm a little bit nicer now. I kind of see like what they're trying to do and they're not all scammers. You know, there is, there is a place and time for one for some people, but I, I kind of feel like the same way that you do with uh, just not being afraid of rejection and just getting yourself out there and facing those fears. Everyone has to do it at some point in their life. I think that it's just my attitude is better do it. Er- it's better to do it earlier than it is later because the earlier you do it, the more comfortable you'll be. And you may end up meeting that right person. Like, I'm not saying you're going to get success right away. You might not. I think that everybody hits their stride at a different point, but it's, I also don't think it's a good idea. Like this is my opinion. Um, And this is an opinion that I came to from error, from my own personal error. I've made this mistake is some people have the idea that they're going to put themselves out there, but they're going to like do everything else in their life and then do it. Like for example, They'll swear off dating in high school. They'll swear it off in college. And they'll be like, no, I'm just going to focus on my study and my work. And that's all I'm going to care about. And then when I have the money and the the power, now I'm going to go out there. Guess what? All those years, you wasted it by not getting experience. So when you do have the money, you're not going to have the confidence or the know-how or the experience to be able to get the women. Now it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of not being able to get women. It's now it's yeah. It now is, you know, because now you don't have the experience and the experience is one of those things. Like the guys that you see that end up with the really hot woman after, you know, when they become successful, more likely than not, they probably did date in high school. They probably did date in college. They probably got rejected. They probably, had it maybe like, you know, maybe one or two girlfriends or whatever. Like the idea that you have to have your, your life together before you can meet women to me, I don't think that that's true at all. Um, I just think that water seeks its own level and you have to acknowledge that like you're at this level, you're not at another level. Like for example, if you're in school, I personally think that the people that you should be talking to are other people in school like women in school you shouldn't right you know like obviously yeah you want to shoot your shot with someone that maybe has a job or in a and you know that has left college you want to go for it they're not wrong with that you know some girls will say all right you know i'll you know i'll take a chance on a guy who's in college you know or i'll date a guy that's in school every girl's different like that's the big thing everyone's different but are you likely to get success when you're going for people established in a career when you're still in school as a guy? Probably not. Now a girl who's in, in college can get a guy with a job because guys are, you know, the breadwinner, the provider. That's the traditional way it's always been. 
it's yes. much easier for it when it's the other way around. But being that we're guys, we're talking from a guy perspective. Chances are a guy going above, you know, into that other level of life. And no, we're not talking about leagues in terms of looks because that to me is hogwash. There's no such thing as leagues in terms of looks. Everyone's attracted to different things, um, you know, right. and different people. But in terms of economics, I think this is actually where leagues do kind of matter in a sense because you're talking about social settings. Like, it's not realistic to think that a celebrity actress is going to date a, a guy who's in college. You know what I'm saying? It's just not right. realistic. Um, of course, it's possible even if you just have a regular nine to five job, you know, and you make middle-class salary, you're probably not going to get with a woman who's making a million dollars. If you're making less than a hundred K you just probably not going to happen. It, no. Of course it could, it could, um, you know, no such thing as impossible, but, it, but it's unlikely. Your best bet is to, is to meet women that are on your economic level. Um, you know, while you're gaining that experience, you know, is to look there because that's where you're going to get experience. And that's why I think it's, it's, if you're a guy and you're in college, there's no excuse to not meet women or not talk to women in college. It's like, that's like the perfect place to do it. Right. If you're at a solid university, there, there's no reason why you should be stagnant when it, when it comes to that. Like just show no trepidation when it comes to things like that and just, you know, don't be afraid and just put yourself out there because it, it's the best place to meet women. I agree. It really is. I agree because like everyone has that same thing in common. They're all in school. You're all taking these classes. You're call, you're, cool. you're all on the same boat essentially. And like, it, it's, it's the one reason why, like, for example, high school, a lot of guys, that's where they had their first girlfriend is because like, you know, you're around all these people all the time. You're more likely than not going to meet somebody that is, you know, that you're interested in. I just think that the math just, just yeah, you're going to meet someone that you like. Um, the math just kind of works out. And look, if you never dated in high school, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There isn't, but like, my point is that you should, you should not be shy in high school because you know what? Like, who gives a crap if the most popular girl in school you asked her out and she rejected you in front of everybody? Who, who's gonna give a crap in ten years? Like, when you're looking back at high school ten years later, no one is gonna give a crap that you got rejected in in front of everybody. But you might give a crap that you didn't try because you never. Because she could have been the one. For all you know, she could have been the one. It's absolutely. Like, you have absolutely nothing to lose. And the same with college. Because it's like, who gives a crap? Who's going to give a crap 10 years from now that you got rejected? Nobody. No one's going to care. Because after college and after high school, mostly everybody just goes their separate ways. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, so you know, in that setting, personal you have... experience. I'll go ahead. In no, that ahead. setting, you have everything to gain and nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, um, like, you can't be afraid because, like, I remember in high school, and I, I really don't like to think about high school because of 
what I'm about to say, but I uh, I had liked this girl. I was really crushing on this one girl. She's pretty popular, and um, I just was too afraid to approach her and stuff. And, uh, you know, what ended up happening is, come to find out, I uh, she liked me, I think. Uh, because I, I think I recall a conversation with her where she pretty much told me, hey, I, I used to flirt with you all the time in in class. And I didn't even know. And now later, uh, you know, she's with somebody now. So it's just like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there to someone who you're interested in, you know? Because if you don't do it now, it might be too late later. 100%, bro. And... um. And that's the thing is like no one would have no one would have remembered if if she rejected you. And being from what she told you, she wouldn't have rejected you. Girls, some girls are flirts though, so I'm not gonna say that definitely you would have. But I do believe that more likely than not, the fact that she told you this a while back probably means that she would have. I think she would have said yeah um, if you would have asked her out. Um, and it's one of those things you kind of look back and you're like you know. You think, what if? Um, and it, it, it stinks. And, and here's the reality is that when you get out of school and you go into the working field, it becomes a million times harder. Because asking a woman out at like a job that is your, you know, that you're trying to make a career is so much more awkward because people that go to these jobs, some of them are there to stay for a very long time. Some, you know, could just be passing by. But when you're in like that white collar, even blue collar, just, you know, even a blue collar type job, but you know, a job where it's like with benefits, like 401k retirement, you know, insurance, you know, careers, I'm talking careers, full time, nine to five. This is what I want to do with my life career. When you go in, that's more important than meeting, you know, people meeting women. Cause you're there to work. You're there because that's, what's going to put food on your table and that's going to be your livelihood. Now, um, when you're in school, that's not your livelihood. You don't get paid to be there. In fact, if you're in college, you're paying to be there. So it's like, if I'm going to pay my money to be somewhere, you best believe I'm going to, you know, get my money's worth. <laughs> and, and in high school, you're forced to be there. So you have nothing better to do during the day anyway. I mean, you might as well, like what? You're going to focus on your academics 24, like, look, get good grades. I'm not saying don't, you know, goof off in school. No, get good grades, but don't make academics your life because they're not your life. No one is going to care what your GPA was when you get out of there. All they're going to care about is, did you graduate? Like, you know, our friend, Justin, he says by his own admission, he did not have a very good GPA in college, but he makes a lot of money in the job that he's in. And he makes more money than people that had probably 4.0 GPAs. So it's like, that's the thing. I feel like, look, getting good grades is nice. It is, right. but grades aren't everything. You can't look at your grades as everything. They are, you know, they're important. You want to get good grades especially in high school when you're trying to get into a college, you do want to get good grades. I'm not saying don't try in school, get your stuff done, do your homework, you know, whatever. 
but don't deprive yourself of the things in life that are building blocks and experiences that, you know, can not shape your life, but you know, that, that are a part of you growing up because you can't get that back. You can't get that time of your life back. Like, okay, let's say you failed a class because you were preoccupied about a girl, right? Okay. What's the worst that happens? Maybe you got to take the class again. So what you took the class, like now you learned your lesson, you know, don't neglect school. You learned a lesson, but you had an experience. It's like, it's not the worst thing in the world. It really isn't. No one's going to give a crap 10 years later. They really aren't. It's like, um, that game. Oh, you had to repeat that class one time. Okay. So what? Um, I finished school. I got my diploma. I graduated college. Who gives a crap? I had to repeat 10th grade English. Come on. <laughs> like it's right. not that Yeah, big you deal. went you went to broadcasting school, right? I did. I was there yeah. for um I was there in 2019 in the in the tail end of the year. Uh it was a four or five month program. We finished in December. Um and then of course uh things shut down like a couple months after. So the studio that I had that was going to be mine to use, I didn't own it, but I essentially had access to it for life, shut down. It actually shut down. So like there's no nearby studio anywhere near me. The nearest one is in Stratford, Connecticut, and that's like an hour away driving. There's one actually in, I think, Bristol or Hartford. That's not that far from you, but... um. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. But yeah, the main one is gone. So with that happening, what ended up really happening was I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do with my life for at least a good year and a half. Um, And then I basically just made the decision that like I was going to try to go back to school for for teaching because teaching is a great career. The money is good. The benefits are great. You get the holidays that the kids get. You get the summers off. Um, summers re- off is always a plus. Oh, it's a, it's amazing, man. Like, I always loved, you know, the whole thing of um, being a student, right? And, you know, going to school is not easy. Like, being in uh, uh, high school, it's not the easiest thing in the world. It, it, it's a lot of work, you know? And, and teaching is, too, obviously. If being a student's a lot of work, teaching's a lot of work. But like once you hit June, that feeling of like now I now I'm done and I don't have to go in until September is kind of awesome. It's kind of an awesome feeling. Like you know, I'm sure it's like you probably like when you see your friends that are not teachers, right? During the summer months, and you see that they got to get up early for work tomorrow, <laughs> you kind of feel a little good inside. You're like, oh, that sucks. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I can stay up late tonight. <laughs> I don't have to go until September. <laughs> like, right. I think that's a really nice perk. Like, I, definitely look. If that's the only reason you're going to go into the job, you shouldn't go for it because, like, there's, you know, there's so many more things about it. There are challenges to teaching. Like, there are things that, like, teachers have to do that other professions don't have to do. Like, you know, for example, if you're, uh, you know, you're teaching a subject, like, yes, there's instances where you have to take work home because you got a grade test or a grade homework, you know, like you have homework too. 
Like, yeah, that, there's that part of it that's a negative as well. So it's like your friend will kind of get you back and be like, oh, yeah, you have the great tests. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> so every job has its pros and cons. I, I, I do believe that. But I just think that like with what I studied in college, I studied sociology. Like sociology is one of those things that if you're not going to become like a social worker or like a, a clinical psychologist or whatever, like probably the best thing that you could be with a sociology degree is a teacher because it's, yeah. it's literally like social studies and it pretty much just segues in perfectly. Like if you're going, for example, if you're going for being an elementary school teacher from first to sixth grade, if you have a sociology degree, um, there's an emphasis on like liberal arts classes in, in that program. Like you have to take some liberal arts classes as well as the sociology programs. So what ends up happening is all the prerequisite classes that you need to teach, you have them already. So you go to graduate school, you don't have to go back to do anything in the undergrad level. You're all set. Like all your prerequisites for grad school of teaching are taken care of. The only thing that you have to take care of if you didn't do education is instead of like taking just the education classes, you do have to student teach. So you have to take like three or six more credits, but otherwise it's a, it segues in really nicely to education and my broadcasting school experience, if you think about it is like having a double major, you know what I mean? Like I have a degree and then I have certification in broadcasting. So it's like, if anything ever opens up in broadcast media, like being an on-air talent or being an editor full-time, I could always do that still. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent plan, man. Definitely, man. I know you're in school. You're going for psychology, aren't you? I was, I was going for it for a bit, but um, I, I'm thinking more in the lines of, of business and, and trying to uh, open up my own coffee shop in the, in the next couple of years, but I haven't thrown psychology, the idea, out the window because with owning your own coffee shop, there comes with a lot of risk because say this location here, um, there's nothing but, you know, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts. And let's be honest, like most people today, they they don't really think about specialty coffee. And if they do, they, they live in different parts where they appreciate that kind of thing. Like where I'm located, they kind of appreciate their Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. So, you know, it's kind of a risk because if you open up your own shop here, you know, you take the risk of failing, but you can't be afraid of that, though. You know what I mean? But there's just a lot of places that come here and they're very innovative and they have different types of like things that they offer people and their business ends up failing. So it's just something that I'm a bit worried about, but I realize I can't be afraid of that, you know? I agree there. You, you can't be afraid to fail. I mean, being a, an entrepreneur is definitely not easy. Owning a business is very hard, but at the same time, it can be very rewarding. And you definitely cannot go in afraid to fail because you're always going to, there, there's always going to be that chance that like it doesn't work out, but you can't think that way. You have to think that you're going to succeed, but at the same time, you want to have a good game plan. Like you can't, 
it's one of those things that you cannot go in blindly. You have to do a lot of research. But I feel like if you do the research, if you if you do what you got to do and you make the right decisions and look at all the factors, you can definitely be very successful um, if you're owning a business. And Absolutely. Definitely what I would do in your case, I think you're like a sophomore now. What are you, a sophomore, a junior? Where are you at now? Yeah, sophomore. So you're a sophomore. So the good news is that you don't technically have to declare your major yet. You can still go as like a liberal arts major. And then uh, when you're a junior, that's when you declare because that's when you need to have a major is when you're a junior. Because you got all that, the prereqs and like all that general education stuff that you got to get done just get that done as a freshman and as a sophomore because it buys you it buys you significant time to really think about what you want to do. And a lot of times, like, it is a big ask to ask an 18 or 19-year-old. I know you and I are older than that because we both are on the same boat of, like, you know, we went to school and we left and now, you know, we're going back. But, yeah. like, for people that are 18, 19, that are just coming out of high school, maybe just came out a year ago and they're – um, kind of going to college and thinking about what they want to do with their lives. It's almost like unrealistic to expect a, a guy or a girl at 19 to know exactly what it is they want to do. So I think having those two years where it's like you get, get that, that stuff that you have to do, just get it all out of the way and literally just use that time to think about what you want to do. Don't decide on a major. Like I think that's the biggest mistake you can make is deciding on a major as a freshman and taking those classes. Because then if you decide you don't like it, when you change majors, you still have to take those prereqs anyway. And now you got to take a whole new set of classes for your major. And now you're behind. And now you're not going to graduate in the four years. Now it's going to take you long. Look, I get it. Sometimes it does happen. People do take longer. There's nothing wrong with that. But if it, if you can avoid that, why not? Why not avoid it? You know, like why not avoid um, being there longer if you can? So I exactly just believe yeah. that the best thing that you could do, even if you think you know what you want to do as your major, don't declare a major as a freshman. Just go in undecided or go in, like in your case, in a community college, just do liberal arts. You're going to need to take those classes anyway. Yep, Absolutely. And I think psychology is a safe bet because, like, you start off with psychology, you make enough money, then you start up the coffee shop. Because coffee shops, let's be honest, they're, they're very expensive. You have to buy the commercial machine. And you look at commercial-sized espresso machines, they, they vary anywhere from 3000 to $10,000. And not only do you have to buy the espresso commercial machine, which is is quick and and fast to use you have to buy the grinder and and the grinder has got to be um you know expensive as well because you can't buy a crap grinder with an espresso machine that you spend 3k around like the grinder is the most important thing and it it just adds all up because then you got to get into the location and you got to buy a building or, or rent a building and it's it's very very expensive I agree, man. Um, 
you know, it, it's, it's not a cheap venture. Any business is going to cost you money. So, you know, a lot of times entrepreneurs do, um, they do begin with a boss. Like it's not one of those things that 18 years old, you're going to just go in and be an entrepreneur and never have a boss. Like most people that are entrepreneurs, unless you come from money, like you have a trust fund that you can spend money on, on a business and not have to worry, you probably had to have like a regular job at some point. So I think that it's a very good bet. Um, my advice to you would, um, my advice to you would be personally, like, since you want to do like, you know, the running a business thing, uh, with the coffee shop, I think psychology is a perfect major and you can minor in business, you know, cause right. you're going to have plan, those yeah. electives anyway. And all of your electives, you may as well just have them be business classes. Like you don't really need them to be random classes that you don't need. Have the minor in business because you'll learn a lot about, you know, business practices and economics and things like that. You're going to learn all that with those uh, business classes. So that I think would be the perfect course of study for you would be to do uh, a psychology major and then just be a, a business minor. Yeah, absolutely. Anything is better than working at a funeral home. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the most depressing job you could have. Some <laughs> yeah. people like it though. Some people really like being like morticians or whatever. Well, you know, uh, there there's some people that I run into where they they have different types of encouraging things that they say to people and they encourage people after a loss, and that's very nice to see. But like when you see death. 24 7 it's just like you know what am i doing here you know but hey yeah i just think that it's it's just eventually you do become desensitized to it unfortunately because you see it every day you have to be like to work in that field you have to kind of be desensitized to it because otherwise you're not going to last in the field like you can't just have that like you can't like get emotional every time you see a dead body in that case, because you're seeing it every single day. And if you're going to work with it, you know, uh, yeah, you cannot, um, you just cannot afford to be, um, the type of person that is easily, I guess, um, affected by it. So after a while you don't get affected by it, but I think that in your case, you kind of realize that, yeah, that's not something I want to do with my life. It's just too much. And I think that's totally understandable, you know? Yeah, and it's uh, it's something that's pretty good if you have, like, a degree in it. Because you do make a pretty good amount of money. But that's if you have a degree and it's like, you know, no offense to the people who go to school for that kind of thing. But, like, that's not for me. Like, I'm not about to go to school for that, get a bachelor's degree in that. Agreed, man. I understand completely where you're coming from. So it's, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I, I think you're just like, yeah, I don't want, that's not what I want to do with my life. Absolutely. But Hey man, I think that we should, uh, the next time we do another one of these segments, we should get uh, Frank on here. I think that Frank would uh, give us a lot to talk about as well when it comes to this dating stuff. I think that, we should like make a part two or something like that. You know, I would be very interested in a part two. Uh, we got to see what Frank's schedule is and get him to come onto the show. 
Absolutely, man. But uh, I think I'm going to wrap this up now, and it's been great talking with you. Thank you for having me. All right. No problem, man. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.